welcome to the newest, uh, if this is the one you're listening to, episode of Batarang. <laughs> this is the one. I don't know. Uh, Batarang is a podcast that uh, we talk about the Batman movies. I was going to say chronological order, but we're actually kind of doing this one out of sequence. Uh, we're kind of doing whatever order we fucking feel That's like. also true. Mm. So, to catch everyone up to speed, we recently just finished the uh, Schumacher dual movies uh we've done the burtons so we did batman 1989 we did batman uh returns then batman forever and batman robin you should check them out they're pretty funny they're a lot of them are funny and some of them are still really good not the schumacher ones um but today did we do batman and robin yeah yeah uh burge may not remember the batman robin podcast but i figured we did if there wasn't already a recording of it that exists i don't think i would remember he has the scars how I got these scars? We're not there yet. Yeah, he's not. He's not chewing. He's not doing yeah. dip the whole movie. Uh, I like that. <laughs> <laughs> Did you know that Heath Ledger um, swallowed his whole tongue during the making of that movie? Yeah, is that true? We'll get that's there. a fact. We'll get that. Oh, okay. Um, so today we're talking about Batman: Mask of the Phantasm. Batman: Mask of the Phantasm is uh, kind of a standalone film that's part of the Batman <laughs> animated series universe or continuity. Uh, this movie came out in 1993, I believe. It was a straight to VHS release. I don't think it had any kind of no. It had a theatrical run. Did it have a theatrical? Yeah, run? I mean, it was short though. I right? think that it was never planned for that to happen, and then they kind of like, well, quick, let's put it in yeah. there. Uh, the voices you're hearing are uh, Mike, Tommy Lee Jones, Two Face, Burge, and also Jack, the Clown Prince of Clown. Fuck, the Clown Prince of Colonoscopy, Kolejetsky. Did you say Colonoscopy? Yeah. The Crime Prince of Clowns. The Clown Prince of Crime. What? Kolejetsky. Kolejetsky. Jack. Whatever. Yeah. Sure. Jack Holojesty is here. He's hey. a really fun guy. Here He's I am. super fun. I love fun. Mm-hmm. It's my favorite thing. Fun and clowns. So, hey, you guys are here to join me, as per usual, talking about Batman. Who are uh, you? Uh, I'm Robert Anderson, your hostess with the mostest, the Alfred of the group. Mm-hmm. I'll be bringing uh, lemonades and and wit. And Coronas. And, and Coronas. watching us just make out with... With women, Andrea. Women. Yeah. <laughs> Andrea Bo- Andy Beaumont. Andy Beaumont. And then just Which turning sounds like away. a character from The Office. Does sound like a character from the office. Mm-hmm. I had a middle class family, and now I work in this paper mill. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, guys, how do we just general like hot takes, impressions? How do we feel about this animated series, Batman? How does it stack up maybe to some of the other Batman movies we just watched? Kevin Conroy is the best Batman. Kevin Conroy is the best Batman. Kevin Conroy is a good Batman. That's my Batman. That is also my Batman. As that is a Batman before. that I associate with. I wouldn't say that he's. The best. Okay. I probably wouldn't go so far as to say he's my favorite. I would say that he's definitely up there. I would take him over some of the other ones, but yeah. you can't you can't get me away from that Keaton. Really? I love Keaton. I think also, suit. especially with Jack and I, like from playing and like we can get into this is the episode where if we want to dive into maybe some of the Arkham games or some of the more extraneous Batman properties. Animated ish. Animated ish. Just like the kind of not the cinematic realm. This is the episode where if we want to get into that, we can. This mm. is our opportunity to talk about Kevin Conroy and why he's the best Batman. Mm. Yeah, because I also agree that, you know, I said it before, when I think about Batman's voice in my head, my like inner Batman monologue is Kevin Conroy. And that is just 
solidified today, even though the dialogue in this movie is, of course, I'm an older person, a little bit hokier. And well, yeah, I mean, those at times, day, it's one of those things. It's for kids. It's for kids. It's for yeah, kids. Exactly. At the end of the day, it's cool though, because you know what I think is cool is like when you get to like some of the, and not to jump too far ahead, but when you get to some of the Arkham games and things like that, that more goofy on the nose dialogue that you need for children really gets pulled back, and you get some of like the real good Batman one-liners coming wanna, out of that Conroy mouth. I want to dig into that more later, but yeah, let's talk but about like Mass just to get that out of the way. first, yeah, yeah. But Mass of Phantasm, yeah, nineteen eighty-three, um, ninety-three. That's nineteen. Say whoa, yeah, nineteen. What nineteen sixty-three? Where am I? Yeah, what's what other things you guys? Well, feel you guys about said this? that uh, you know this is our first instance where we get to see your favorite Batman. Yeah. This is. Our first instance where we get to see, I think, inarguably, everyone's favorite Joker. Oh, yeah. Oh, I mean, this is like like what Heath Ledger and Jack Nicholson and Jared Leto, teen heartthrob, what they've done with the character, they're all well and good on their own things. Comes from the Mark Hamill Joker. But Mark Hamill's Joker is just so much fun. You can't, I remember, I think everybody had that moment in their life where they realized or learned that Mark Hamill was the voice of the Joker, and everyone, no, really? What? And you, because there's nothing, you can't see any Luke in there at all. No. Because how he talks as Luke Skywalker is also not how he talks. Like, he's very just kind of like somber and a little whiny in the first one. Like, Mm -hmm. he is a voice actor. That's really what he does mostly. That's kind of why he, after Star Wars ended, he kind of disappeared from the mainstream for a while and was just doing a lot of voice acting with little tiny bit parts here and there. Well, I think after he dragged his face against the pavement... Well, that was between New Hope and Empire. Well, I mean, he got more into voice acting following that. Uh, He he doesn't look that bad. He looks fine. Yeah, I think they kind of overplayed that a little bit. Like They were like, oh, we gotta scar up his face for this movie, obviously, but after that, it's it's not like he's Tommy Lee Jones Two-Face or anything. No, I'm just saying he he pursued a voice acting career mm-hmm. yeah he's got he's got the chops for it yeah absolutely i mean i think the tonsils i think well, the thing with like joker is that um it's a labor of love because it's not like he's doing it for money at this point like you know I mean, he's, he's getting paid to do he's getting paid, yeah. he's, 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 he's not doing it for free i'm not saying he's doing it for free but i'm saying like star wars pays the bills mm-hmm. so when he chooses roles i do think it's because he's like no i want to do that there, there is well, a, an undeniable love for the joker that you can that oh, comes across sure. from like how he jumps mediums you know like Nobody that in the Arkham Asylum games, which feature Kevin Conroy and Mark Hamill as those roles again, yeah. nobody needed to go over from the animated series over to that. They were just like, oh, fuck yeah, that sounds like fun. We liked it. Yeah. yeah. like, And that's, I think, the Joker that we get in the animated series by Mark Hamill is pivotal and amazing and great and insanely memorable. Mm-hmm. But again, we'll get into it later. His presentation of the Joker in those Arkham games is just, whew. Incredible. That is the Joker from the comic books sprung to life off the page. Like, oh, yeah. Absolutely. The Joker in the animated series, you know, they're tied back by the fact that this is a cartoon. It's on Cartoon Network. It's for kids. But I do think that the Joker in this movie, and maybe maybe we're jumping ahead because I do want to kind of talk about, like, Joker as a mechanism in this film. Mm -hmm. Um, Because I almost think he's not really needed. Uh, But you can't have a dark... I feel like they couldn't go as dark of a showdown between the Phantasm and Batman... So instead, they kind of, like, use the Joker as a device to kind of, like, have this more climactic battle. Almost out of, like, I kind of wish that the Joker wasn't in the movie at all. Well, as soon as you have the reveal 
they wouldn't be fighting each other. Yeah, so. yeah. Robbie, can you can you tell the audience a little bit what Mask of Phantasm is about in, in case uh, they don't remember sure. it, they haven't watched it recently? So Mask of the Phantasm is about a uh, assassin vigilante, or I guess in lamer terms, an assassin, uh, is starting to pick off mobsters. And Batman's kind of trying to solve this mystery concurrently at the same time. Uh, Andrea Bo... was it? Beaumont? Andrea Beaumont. Andrea Beaumont has also come back in town. Message. The, the older flame of Bruce Wayne. Uh, so it's kind of like a year one remix situation where we learn about Batman falling in love with Andrea, which also happens to be the, the time where he's figuring out how to be Batman. But we're also dealing with the current timeline of Batman trying to solve this mystery of who is killing these people and also kind of... Uh, Getting accused of being Batman, so Batman's kind of almost being framed for these uh, yeah, monster every, murders. Everybody in Gotham thinks it's mm-hmm. Batman doing it. Yeah, and it's cool because I feel like this movie really tackles the idea of Batman doesn't kill, and it really hammers it home because the minute Batman starts killing, the co- it creates an upset in like mm-hmm. the Gotham police. They're like, "No, we trust Batman. We have a really weird spotlight for him." Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's now he's I killing think, people. We have to stop him. Using the Joker, first off, it fluidly comes in because if they think it's Batman, the mobsters are going to. Turn to a man they don't fully understand. Because Joker at this point is known to be like the big arch nemesis of Batman. Yeah. So that makes sense for him to come in. But as like uh, a machination in the story, uh, it it comes down to the Phantasm, who we find out is Andrea, Mm -hmm. and Bruce are both met with this idea like this guy is no good. He deserves to die, but Batman has never done it. And Andrea has been on the same kind of path. As Bruce, uh, not for as long or, you know, as, as trained, but she's kind well, she of knows forced jiu-jitsu. to make the same decision she Batman throws had him on his ass ago. earlier in the movie when he's, like, training. He, she, like, kind of takes him down. Yeah, which they, they never kind explain. of start making... Well, she just knows jiu They don't need to explain it's that the deus ex machina of the whole thing. Right. So she knows we don't find out anything. Like, what's the goo that's on the glass? Where's the smoke coming from? It's the Her goo. Rest. She got the goo. Well, what's the goo? What what's the goo? What scene are you talking about with the goo? Uh, there's two scenes where it's like the glass is broken and, and Batman's like, hmm, glass. there's goo on this glass. It's some kind of... I guess and, then, then, poly- and then he goes into the cemetery poly- where, the, yeah. where the second death happens and he's like, yeah. there's goo uh, residue. Yeah. Is yeah, it Russian now? But it never... It's goo. It's goo. What? No, that's not Russian at all. That's kind of like uh, the eye for engagement girl. Those, those girl? three girls that are like just... Oh, they were, they were so weird. And it's just like the dumb blonde and like just all bimbos and they're all just idiots. Well, it's just like... He's you know, dancing you, on the piano. You again. don't need the show to remind you that like it's dated, but it's like that 90s. scene... Yeah, it's like, yeah. oh yeah, we haven't gotten there yet. Well, I mean, but it's in, the in aggressive this, way of being like, in the Bruce same Wayne way. does not have a woman in his life yeah. that fulfills him and then Andrea comes back on and it's like ooh tip time but the the movie is much about um, it's an origin story for the Phantasm and for Batman and the catalyst for them becoming who they are and a little bit of the Joker as well is this event this romance that kind of creates both of them Um, Jack how do you feel about kind of like the uh, coherency of the plot were you able to follow it easily how do you just kind of feel about it in general I mean, this is a movie I saw originally, I think, when I was a pretty young, like, mm-hmm. when it came out. I definitely remember having it on VHS. I may have seen it in the theaters, but I don't have yeah. a solid memory of that. But, uh, I mean, yeah, it's it's definitely, like, playing in that animated series kind of space, but 
has a little bit more room to do what it wants to. Yeah. A little bit more room to breathe, being a, like a feature length, almost feature length animated film. But it's cool. It's a good, like, it's a fun sort of, um, like you said, kind of remix of the origin story of Batman with the year one stuff. But mm-hmm. remixing that into a love interest and having the love interest be a foil for vigilante right, we justice. Were, when we were watching, we were talking about that's from year two. Right. Which is like, uh, talks about like, oh, Batman was like going to get married. He was in love with this girl while he was training to become Batman. Right. And it's the Batman. And they kind of just like mix and mash them together to kind of fill out the phantasm right. stuff. Yeah. And it's, it's the choice of, well, you know, he, the, there's a cool scene where he's at, in the graveyard looking at his parents' grave, and he's like, you he's know, I, I, I was really upset about you guys getting killed, but, like, I'm not that mad anymore. I kind of got a girlfriend now. Mm-hmm. So she like, makes it not hurt as bad. I'm sorry. I just never thought I'd be happy. And right. Like, Whoa. Yeah, yeah, and that's that's pretty cool. That's heavy. I do think that this movie, I, I kept thinking during the whole movie, and maybe this is a fun conversation to dive into, what if this was live action? What if this was cast with their actors? This would be a like, weird Batman it would be weird, plot to like, be live action. Obviously, it would be weird to be live action, even though I, I will say in the current DC superhero climate where they're just like, let's make a Nightwing movie. It's mm. like, maybe it's not that weird. I don't know. Yeah, and it, but, there's some things that just don't translate no, as well. Like, it's like, more enjoyable and believable and plausible as a cartoon. Well, the, and I think the thing is, like, as a cartoon, like, if you're in the theater watching a Batman animated, like, full-length animated cartoon... You probably have a pretty good idea of what year one is, and I feel like the remix Maybe. of that you could just be watching the animated series. Uh, but yeah. again, I feel like you already have like a decent amount of context if you're going into this, and all the stuff that happens in this movie plays well. I think if you have the context built in, okay. or if you're a kid and you're just going to buy it anyway because it's Batman, so it's yeah, cool. Yeah, so, yeah, totally. so like for us as adults watching it, like we have the context of. Knowing year one and also watching this again as adults, like we have all the rest of the Batman series. Even as but, adults, and we've seen it, like this is not a bad movie. No, it's that not a bad movie. Entertaining. No, like, watching not. it, but, I was like, no. I know it's short, but it's like it's a brisk walk because you're just like, oh, this is fun. Like there's always something happening. There's some moving great forward, moments going. And some yeah. also great, and there's like, great moments in it too. Yeah. yeah. But my point is, I think those moments are, let's say, better because we have all this context and we can see the scenes where like Batman is getting rescued by Andrea um, in the, the uh, warehouse yeah. when he's but like fighting the monsters. But that's the Catwoman. And I mean, like, Catwoman normally right, is exactly. one but, them, yeah. but we can see that and be like, oh, it's just like year one. This right. scene is cool because I understand because I have the context here. Mm-hmm. And I think there are a lot of scenes during this movie like when he sees the bat and he's like trying to figure out what he wants to be like also very yeah. much from year one. Like we have that context and I think that maybe makes the scenes work a little bit better. Whereas, like, if I was watching this and I didn't have any of that context, maybe it wouldn't land as hard. Maybe, n- maybe not that it wouldn't have landed as hard, but it you, works. It, is, it works in a different the pace way. of the movie mm-hmm. is pretty quick. That's like a lot of they these do like greatest the... hits kind of quick cuts that I think if you didn't really have mm-hmm. all that foreknowledge going into it, maybe it would be. I think that it's you know I definitely do think that it's a has remixed parts of your one into it, but I almost feel like we're underselling the movie itself because you know a big part of year one is having gordon's story most of year one is gordon's not in this movie no he's been two scenes and and he's just like i'm not gonna fight Batman. in fact i think the scene where he's fighting the guys on the bikes he's not there gordon's no it's it's echoes there 
Oh no no! But I know what Jack's saying. The scene oh, where in Batman, the comic, in the comic, oh, normally yes. Gordon's like kicking their ass. Gordon's yeah. the one fighting the dudes, right? Mm-hmm. That's, I think it's it's reminiscent of that. I'm pretty sure they, they just they just totally replaced. But Gordon it's normally in the comic Batman. book. It's normally Gordon versus Eckhart because Eckhart or someone is trying to kind of like Aaron Eckhart. No, that, maybe maybe I'm getting that wrong. The falafel guy, who his character would be in the show. Yeah, um, he's almost trying to like bully Gordon and or kind of fuck his life up because he's just like, oh, you're a clean cop and we're all crooked cops. Because oh, yeah, right. Gotham's all, year one is kind of about how Batman and Gordon create a friendship that sanitizes the corrupt police in the city and then from there on they're trying to clean the whole city. But it's kind of about like uncorrupting the police force and then in that way they kind of have like a hub to to service good out throughout the whole city and that's very that's kind of like how what we're going to get to soon is like that's how christopher nolan and yes. john were, and david goyer were like tackling how do you tell batman in like a plausible realistic way not not necessarily realistic just plausible grounded yeah and yeah. it's like oh it's taking on corruption in mm-hmm. crime that's that's kind of like starting right here with that idea yeah. like year one that's they they took that mm-hmm. from that and so that being in this one also kind of like yeah well i was gonna say phantasm again Pan- phantasm right. before the movie before the nolan movie is like um I-, I really like the way phantasm is really tackling the seedier like criminal underworld like normally in batman movies we're kind of just told give or take that it's like gotham is ridden with crime there's so much crime in gotham but they make the focus of phantasm like we're following this kind of like mob deal with his family, and this is kind of what is the um, not to use catalyst again, but like is the catalyst for the action in the movie is because of like there's this kind of mob deal happening, this sin of Andrea's uh, father that takes her away, and like they have to run away, but also like in it, like the Joker's a part of it. That's how they kind of weave the Joker into it. You don't realize it's him, but he's one of the mobsters, a part of this. Taking group. the whole uh, Jack Napier thing from the first yeah. uh, Michael Keaton Batman Batman. And I've said before, Joker before it was the Joker. He gangster kind of gangster like Joker is my is one of my favorite. If you're gonna, ha- I do think that Joker is really effective when Heath Ledger does it because he has no origin story. He's a character plagued by origin stories, and that's kind of the whole point though of his yeah. Joker is like chaos. You can't like. Batman is the antithesis right. of that because we've seen where he's come exactly. from. Joker is just like Batman, only the other side of the coin. <laughs> and But it's very important that we don't know where he's coming from. Too. But if you're going to have an origin story for Joker, I do think mobster Joker is the way to go. Where mm-hmm. you have like this person who's a part of a corrupt system who gets fucked over by that system. It's interesting. And then is just rebelling like, against everything. It's a little, you know? it's a little, you know pushy because like they're not just doing it for this one movie this is supposed to be in the continuity of the entire animated series now it's like that's where joker came from and they yeah. never really dove into it before in the animated series yeah. and the continuity it's weird that, that it, i i like the joker glaze over it though, yeah right? i mean yeah. they really do and that's fine and it's like you can't really hold it against it because no. they kind of they glaze over it enough where they kind of treat it with respect and they're just like it's a good kind of and then they just move on like yeah. you don't see how or Anything I like, like I like Joker in this movie, but the whole time I was just like, he doesn't need to be here. Yeah, but I think you he know? he acts as that he acts as that uh that that buffer you know, like that groundwork between Andrea and Bruce, where it's like Bruce has made this decision long ago, like I can't kill this guy no matter how fucking nuts and crazy he is or how badly I want to kill him. And Andrea is just being presented with that for the first time, like this guy killed my dad, and she has to make the choice and find it inside of herself yeah. to be like, meh. 
And which, like, we see that later on she's going, and we assume maybe, like, the Joker is dead, but we find out eventually, no, he's not. Yeah. And I wanted to say real quick, uh, when you were talking about, like, remixing year one, and if you've read year one, you kind of pick up on a little bit more, and it it makes your interpretation of the movie either a little bit better or a little bit worse because of comparisons or know-how. Right. And that can kind of be, uh, con- you can think of that, like, with Marvel and how they Easter egg things that are going to come. Not just like little Easter eggs where it's like, ooh, I'm a fanboy, I caught that. Right. Like, they Easter egg like the Wasp in Ant-Man. You're like, ooh, I know who the Wasp is. Like, that's a thing. And if you've read the comics, you're kind of in the know and you can kind of pick up on these things. Like, if you know who the Wasp, it, wasp is and you hear Van Dyne, you're like, oh, that's, oh, that's the Wasp, yay. You can do that. And it's kind of kind of like that where it's like if you've read the comics, there's like little winks in there and nudges that make it a little bit more engaging. For sure. But well, I, really, I really kind of throw, I kind of tip my hat to and really give credit to this film existing is that they create a villain with a really great origin story who's also a strong woman. Like, I think that's all really cool. When you get to uh, Arkham Knight, spoilers for Arkham Knight, um, real quick, cover, cover your ears. Okay. So the identity okay, of me and Jack got covers. We haven't yeah, played one. Yeah, the played it. It's a remix of the Red Hood story. Okay. So the identity of the Arkham Knight is. I have a he- I have my headphones on. I can't. Yeah, you can't, I can't actually cover my ears. The identity of the Arkham Knight, like the way they kind Wait, of present. You know what? Game. You should probably not actually say this. I feel like yeah, I just, it's, it's a little. Right. It's a little. You I think mean, it's I that it. soon? I'm not 2014. No, 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 but it's a game. People like if I haven't gotten to it, and I love those games. Maybe some people haven't gotten to it. Some people haven't made the jump from 360 or three to four or okay. one. You know, like well, in terms of like so uh, those numbers make sense to you guys? Because I just said numbers. You said numbers. Yeah, one, uh, 360, 360 and three to the one or, and the yeah. four. That that's like that's not game. your problem. That's Microsoft's problem. Yeah, sure. Um, so okay, well, without spoiling that, there. In Batman Arkham Knight, the Arkham Knight is a villain of that movie, or of that game. He is the the main big bad. The big question is, who is he? And it falls flat. That character falls flat almost because it is remixing too much of the past. Whereas in Mess of the Phantasm, they really create this character from the ground up. Mm -hmm. And the way that they seed it and the way that they use her is that, like, no, her and Bruce Wayne have kind of the same not the same origin story like obviously well in a way they have a very similar origin story they were Andrea, parallel yeah down yeah. and then the roads and they split. split like andrea is you know remiss because of the death of her mother bruce is remiss because of the death of his parents they both fall in love with each other maybe because they because they find each other in the graveyard talking to their dead ones like and then they fall in love and the difference is andrea's just like i got fucked over by crime I'm going to single-handedly murder the people involved with who killed... We find out later her father as well. She's a little nuts, though, when we first see her, too. She's like, Mom asked. And she drives away. And he's like, fuck. He doesn't have a car there, either. Like, did he walk there? I don't know. So is Bruce Wayne, because he's like... I don't want to be Batman, but well, that's but lightning's the, I, making I, me I, be Batman. Yeah, that's the, the foreshadowing. Is like, yeah. he sees her talking... To the grave, and he wasn't talking to his yet. And then it's like he's doing that later because he's like. Ugh. The weird thing is, uh, I, to my knowledge, the the Wayne parents are buried on the the Wayne like at, like the where the Wayne Manor is. His parents are buried. No, there. no they that's, actually that's, they, uh, they buried that's, little bits of his parents all over everywhere. Yeah. yeah, there's some on the little that's, train, uh, which reminds me of a great line from the Joker in this when he's about to blow up Phantasm because he finds out it's 
not Batman. And he's just like, look, and he's got the video camera on him. He's like, this guy's face is going to be all over Gotham tomorrow. <laughs> to say the least about his limbs and his spleen. Like, that's really, he blows it up. Like, that's really yeah. good. Um, but no, that's the Waynes being buried on, like, the, the Wayne Manor Foundation that were, like, on the grounds of that. Mm-hmm. That is, depends on what continuity you're going through. Yeah. In the animated series, it's always been a cemetery. It's, he's always okay. going to a cemetery. I guess, like, I think of... Um, Outside of Gotham the, City. The Nolan movies, I'm pretty sure they're, like, on the premises. Yes. If I Doesn't he keep, correctly. like, an urn under his pillow? He probably has... Mul- if, there's, if he actually has multiple pieces of bearings, he has an urn. I'm doing that bit I do where I say something that's not true. Oh, nice. Right. Like, uh, True Detective Season 2 is not a good show. Right. That's that's, that's a truth. That's like the funniest bit that we do. That's been the longest con I've got. Yeah. Thanks for exposing that. Me and Jack were actually talking about True Detective Season 2 the other day. I'm glad I wasn't there. No, you texted me about it and I did not reply. really enjoyed it. (laughs) Well, no, when we were talking, you just weren't talking back because I had so many good things to say. Yeah. Yeah. And then it got too late and I was like, oh, he probably fell asleep. He'll read these in the morning. Right. But then you're super busy, so like you couldn't write back. Yeah. So we'll talk about it after pocket. Yeah. Yeah, I think my favorite scene in the movie, the one that we're talking about, I think my favorite scene (laughs) in the movie is uh, the scene where you see Batman, you see Bruce Wayne first put on the cowl. That's intense. That scene is really cool. And I remember thinking, I'm like, the scene is awesome because it's so fucking sad. Mm-hmm. Because that's the scene where Bruce Wayne dies. And or, and or. Scares Alfred, too. Alfred's turns just, around. Alfred's Alfred like, is like, Whoa. he's just like, I don't want to give this to you. I don't want to give this to you. What's the Alfred voice? I do not want to give you this cowl Again, messed away. Again, he does away. not have an accent in this movie. I do not want to give you this cowl messed away. Give me the cowl. Give it to Alfred. Give me the mirror. Give me the, give me the, the cowl. But, like, that scene where, you know, you don't see Bruce's face at all. He's blacked out. Mm-hmm. And it's, I would take, I take that scene as it's either Bruce Wayne dying or it's the scene where Bruce Wayne changes faces. Batman takes over. He, yeah. Because, because he will not marry Andrea because that fell through. He's just like, I will be Batman. There is no reason for me. The, the pain is still here. The hurt is still here. And I am going to be Batman. And then, like, the white like eyes that he has in the animated series and they focus through. in on them where he, like his eyes are gone exactly. he's not there I love that's my favorite scene in the in the entire like that and like I really like that scene because it's not heroic or happy for a man to throw away himself to do this thing mm. it's sad yeah. it's a sad and, thing for that's another do. thing where like you know like the way that they shoot that scene and how and the music rises and the shadows and everything mm-hmm. and just where you know like not where they decide to put the camera but where they decide to put the point of view right of where you're seeing like that's one of those things where if it was live action you'd like to think that it would play as well but i don't think it would because it's this really sad sincere scene just like thrown right in the middle of this kind of cartoon epic yeah it it carries that much more weight and that's kind of what like the animated show and all the different animated like uh spin-offs of Mm -hmm. the batman film series and everything can do like they can really do stuff with this that you can't get away with right in in actual motion pictures Mm -hmm. jack do you have a favorite scene from the movie because i think before the break i kind of want to wrap up phantasm and then when we come back we can talk about the other batman things we really like and play it kind of loose sounds good that one with the cow is good like that one it's good first do you have a favorite scene other than that one i mean there are ones that like we all like while we were watching we were like fuck that's cool. <laughs> I mean, the year one reinterpretation scene is great. The scene, really the scene in the building where, yeah, 
he throws like when he throws the he has to get rid of his cowl mask. He gets rid of his cowl mask and like he's just running around. He's Bruce. Um, it's so good to see Bruce like that Bruce again too. Yeah. I haven't watched the animated series of this movie in years. It's good to see that face and hear Kevin Conroy's voice over that face. Yes. Um, totally. I really like. Uh, I mentioned when we were watching it when I first saw this movie when I was like seven. I didn't, I was, you know, like I, there's some stuff in the movie that I didn't really understand. And there's the, um, the character like Salvatore something. He's actually, he's voiced by Abe Vigoda. Who's Abe Vigoda? Abe Vigoda. You know him if you look him up. Uh, Abe Vigoda is of Good Burger fame. He's the grandpa (laughs) and look who's talking. Okay. Yeah. I I think everybody mainly knows him from like, uh, like Joe versus the volcano or the Godfather. Um, but he's, uh, a great character actor. You have a picture of this guy? No, I'm looking at uh, Here, I can show you a picture of him real quick. If uh, I got him right here. That's oh, Abe. it's your phone back. Right? That's Abe Vigoda. Yeah, it's, he's, I got him right there. Oh. That guy. Yeah. Okay. He's a great guy. Uh, he plays that character, um, uh, Salvatore, the old dude. When he reaches around and uh, and grabs like an oxygen mask, oh that guy, and yeah. starts like breathing oxygen out of like he's got like the clear mask and he's breathing oxygen out of it because he's having trouble breathing. Mm-hmm. I remember every time I see the movie, I remember being young and being like, I don't understand what's going on right now. What is that? Even yeah. though it says oxygen on, it, I'm like, what? It, I had no concept yeah. of like, oh, you can put you can put air. That's more breathable in a tank, and then old yeah. people can. And I remember it, it creeped me the fuck out. And then later on, when he's just like super smiling and everything, and I was like, "This guy was tank. That's the best. Didn't I could tank. What? What? What's happening? Like you, were, you were slow as a kid. I was slow <laughs> as a kid. Yeah, I hadn't learned. <laughs> okay. I hadn't learned. Well, you caught. But up. that also brings another thing up that we can talk about more with the Dark Knight. Yeah, is that iteration of the Joker doesn't have the one thing that every laughing gas it's the best yeah, weapon they, in the world because yeah, but they already so every director on. puts their own stamp on how it works and what they do and i get they look, already I, I did they don't gas have it. they already I did get, gas I with get, the scarecrow I get it Can't i, do I it totally get Can't it do two BS. but wouldn't it have made BS. sense that no. you know he gets the scarecrow and he's Doesn't like oh this is a lot of fun but why make people afraid when you can make them happy <laughs> like why make people stop? Stop, stop with the fucking mouth. You're yeah. ASMRing it me into. No. I'm so horny now. Please. Stop. The fear that, that he would do that. That would be a scene. I they think were going to do the, that in the third. You're one. probably the first Maybe. person. Okay, they could have done it in the third, third one and they had it taken a break from the second one. But I think you're the first person I've ever heard to be like, you know, the Joker would have been better in the Dark Knight. Oh, no, no, no. I'm not if... saying it would have been better. I'm saying he's missing a key component I, to the Joker I do character. think, like, listen, there. The Heath Ledger and Nolan interpretation of Joker and The Dark Knight, which again, we're, we're we will get to and we will talk to you even more. But like, Yo, it's it, good. It's, it's fantastic. No, it's great. It's yeah. real good if you haven't seen it. But uh, see it. I will say, you know, I I love. I almost forgot when we were watching this. I was like, oh yeah, that's how Joker really fucking kills people. Mm-hmm. He leaves them. I guess smiling, it makes it that much his, more sweeter too. Because like you're yeah. like when the Joker gas comes back, you're like, cool. Yes, that's so cool. It's cool. I don't even know if we see it really in the games, which we'll talk to later. Talk about later, but. They did really nail it in the Burton one too. Oh, the Joker yeah. gas, like him just like putting it in like different stuff, and like everybody, like the news reporters, like falling over, and mm-hmm. like that's just like the they series, just nail how to. The animated series, like do, like oh, like this is like light compared to like other episodes of the show where it's like people just show up fucking murdered. Well, smiling. that's that's what awesome. I was getting at. Is like one of my favorite and scenes in Phantasm is you know? with um, Arthur Reeves, uh, yeah. like the the dipshit 
dude that's trying to Councilman. date Andrea. Yeah. Which, if you're an idiot, you might think is the Phantasm Boy. Right. That, they position one of, him as Red Herring. That's yeah. the Red Herring. Yeah. 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 Interesting choice, actually. Uh, the, the voice of the Phantasm is played by the same guy that plays the voice of Andrea's dad, Mr. Beaumont. That is really cool. So they're trying to mess around with that. Also yeah. fun, they never call it the Phantasm in this movie. I just no. noticed that watching this. Yeah, that's never a, right fr- now, that's never like, a word. What do they bro. call them the Phantasm? Is it in like the newspaper? I mean, what does like, never. Phantasm never comes even like, mean like, as a word? Phantasm? Yeah. It's just like a fucking... It's a ghost. It's a ghost, yeah. yeah. The thing is, I don't think the actual Phantasm part is that... Like, I think it's a little bit underused. Yeah, it's not. It seems really like a selling in, point. It's not really that intimidating, like, or like, oh, this is a new bad guy. I, I think, really like that's all they because to because do. it's a bad guy that kills other bad guys. I so really like, like Andrea okay. as a foil to Batman, like we've got into. Like Very she much. grew up parallel to him. She mm. had similar motivations, but her end game is different, and her method is different with the Phantasm. But I don't think I think they kind of underplay the the Phantasm as this like imposing figure because they show very early on like. The phantasm is like a physical person, right? I, I don't know. They could have Scooby Doo it a little bit. Harder. They could have Scooby Doo. It, it feels very Scooby Doo. It's super Scooby Doo, but yeah. you still see like in the first scene with the phantasm, the phantasm like running away. Yeah, yeah. The phantasm On only like ghosts out like a few times. Yeah, yeah. Which they don't explain. Like, dude, he just unloaded a whole fucking clip of bullets directly right. at you, yeah. and that's the and thing. They never bring anything up. Which, yeah. if they had to like leaned into that and and left yeah. it like that again, this movie's super short. Like it's only yeah. like seventy five minutes long. Like, yeah. I really feel like this movie could have used an extra fifteen minutes. Get it to that so called feature length, feature length yeah. ninety yeah. minute, definitely, and just like give it a little bit more breathing room. Let those opening credits, which are really cool, they need a little bit more breathing room before they got that to that crescendo of like. All of like the you know like the opera singers singing the animated series theme. There's like a moment there where you're like, this should be hitting way harder than it is yeah. right now, and it's falling flat because they just kind of rushed into it. It's well, if they, if they had allowed it go for another like five minutes longer, it would have been longer than uh, Batman and Robin. It's true. Yeah, mm. I can agree with that. I, I do want to say though with Arthur Reeves, sure. one of my the, the my the scene I was talking about is when he's suffering from the laughing gas and the doctor's just dating him and he's kind of like going in and out and Batman's interrogating him and he's just like laughing through saying these like just confessing to Batman all these terrible secrets he's held yeah. and he's just like laughing while he does it while talking about the most like serious sincere things. I really like that scene. It's kind of disturbing that that's in yeah. a movie that like kids watch. It's a little bit diffused though by the doctor saying like take the sedative and let the the toxin pass. Mm-hmm. I thought that the Joker gas usually killed you. I guess maybe Joker has some like maybe ability I, to control like the toxicity amount. You know, like no, maybe at this point, maybe at this point they uh, caught like, it early. No, Batman's got a cure, and if you can get to it early enough, it's like oh, just let it. The toxins run. Maybe, its but that's not really presented in the show because, like you know, the toxin kills the older guy who goes to the oxygen tank. But it doesn't kill the younger guy who's because he gets to the doctors in time. That's he, my does assumption. He administer the cure. That, you know what I mean? Like it doesn't. I don't know. That doesn't all, matter. It doesn't. It doesn't matter in the constitution. He's show. he's he's suffering from it, but he's been given yeah. something that's allowing him the slightest bit of lucidity. Yeah, where he can give Batman mm-hmm. the world's greatest detective, who's just super confused. Yes, this whole movie. Uh, yeah, he not, does not know what's going on. Does not know what's detective. going on. No. But the voice is great, but what he's saying is calls not him the great. world's greatest detective at one point. I'm like, can we just He's not doing too well, get it. Yeah. He doesn't know who minutes you are. minutes after he sees Andrea standing at a at a tombstone talking and saying, Who are you talking to? 
Yeah. Doing? Bruce, deduce. Yeah. Bruce, deduce. Deduce, Bruce. Figure it out, you dick. And it's like he figures out that Joker was like the assassin hitman bodyguard of this dude by drawing a red one, smiley one face land. on this guy. <laughs> what? Whoa. Oh, man, now I know that. It's, it's so, now that we kind of talk about it more, it's so weird that like, this is all, and it's because of when this movie <laughs> came out, it's like, it's for this kids. is also the origin of Joker. Oh, yeah, Which I guess bit. no I mean, one really cares you're about. You're getting, like, yeah, what yeah. he used to do, but I, I, again, like, they treat it with, like, they glaze over it, like Jack said, and they treat it with that kind of respect, whether they meant to or not, where it's like, we're not showing you how I became Joker, we're just like, he used to do this, and that's important, and blah, blah, yeah. and move on, that's all you need, that's yeah. why he's here. Mm-hmm. It's cool, I mean, even him having the, he's at the World of the Future amusement park is very, um, Dark Knight Returns. Because um, yeah. he like that's like where his like home base is at. His HQ is kind of at this abandoned Gotham amusement park. Like, it's all cool. I mean, like you know, the movie is really cool. And oh, when he smacks her with the baloney stick, that's fucking, I call it like that's I was fucking. Like, Doesn't awesome. he like hit her with that gigantic stick of baloney and the boom? The biggest right baloney I've ever seen. Um, so kind of like the, the biggest baloney you've ever seen ever was a couple seen. weeks ago. Yeah, that's fucking true. Um, Batman Robin was not that fun. That, that was a very that, ice movie. That to brings watch me. You. This is kind of like you know. The closing thought I think to have about this movie because when we come back, we're going to talk about all kinds of Batman stuff, and you know we could probably still talk about Fantastic a little bit more, but I want to jump into other Batman properties and cool. talk about other Batman shit. But to kind of close out this discussion about Phantasm in general, um, how like really how do you think this movie stacks up against the four movies we just saw? Personally, like I obviously like it more than Forever. I like it more than um, Batman and Robin, but I also think that like it's telling a way more interesting Batman story, but it's also telling a Bruce story. It's much more a story about Bruce Wayne. It's much more a story about, like, what does, you know, what is a failed romance to Bruce Wayne? Obviously, Bruce has many failed romances in all the movies. That's kind of his thing. That's what he does. He just kind of finds a new babe before he goes on to the next thing. But, like, this is kind of like, this This one has weight. This isn't just Catwoman who comes back around. This isn't just Rachel. This is... You know, something that actually, like, once it falls through, once this woman he proposed to and, like, was kind of, like, the last semblance of a normal life that he has, she goes, and then he's just like, well, I'm done. I'm done. The hurt isn't easier now. The hurt is back. Twice now. So, you know, how do you guys kind of feel about how this stacks up to the other flicks? It's interesting, even as an animated movie this feels way less like a movie for kids than either the Sh- the Schumacher movies. Definitely. It's true. Yeah. <laughs> Sick burn. That's, that pretty much sums up my That's like your take, it's like, it. yeah, it's like, yeah, yeah I, I would, I would probably pop this right between, you know, the, the Burtons and the Schumachers on a, on a stacking yeah. level. I mean, Batman Returns is probably my favorite one of this entire series. Favorite. Hey, I'm not we'll do that. Hey, we'll do that at the end. Yeah, yeah I know, but like you know, of of what we've seen, for, that's so, so far. That's yeah, it's yeah. like that is. I watch it every year. I love it. I talk at length about how much I like it and appreciate it uh, on that episode. Mm-hmm. Um, but I probably yeah, I put that right in between. I like Forever for what it is, yeah. warts and all. Um, but yeah, this is like this is a, a totally competent movie that might just be you know kind of shoved to the wayside because yeah. of the type of medium that they decide to communicate the story but it really is telling something that's just as strong as like the the ideas they're dealing with in the first two yeah. it's just those ones are on like a grander scale millions of dollars and These live are, action mm. so it's more 
connective. These are people who understand Batman. And that's always, you know, that, like, Schumacher maybe didn't totally understand what Batman was. No. And that's the problem. Whereas, like, Burton maybe also didn't understand what Batman was, but he had a vision. He had he his wanted. Batman. He had his Batman. Sure, which but is this cool. is more than anything we've seen so far in this series. Of something made by people who appreciate, understand, and are aware, acutely aware of yes. Batman as a comic book more than anything. Mm-hmm. So, and they're telling like you know, in in terms of all that, like th- this is a really great Batman story. It's a really I'm pleasantly surprised by this viewing. I yes. was like, I was looking forward to because I haven't seen it in forever. But like, you haven't seen Batman, Batman, Batman forever? forever. Oh, what a clever turn of freeze! Nice. Mm. God, it's never going to go away. No. Um, Yeah, so uh, we're going to close off this section. We're hot on Phantasm, but uh, I think what really Phantasm is giving us is another, we want to talk about some other Batman shit. Because Mm -hmm. when we get into the Nolans, and we get into Batman vs. Superman, we're going to be talking really pretty much about those those movies because there's a lot to dive into. But, you know, what this, what the Phantasm is making me feel is nostalgic so let's dive into that when we come back are there going to be spoilers after the break for these video Video games games and stuff like that yeah i hope not okay we'll see we'll we'll tread lightly we'll tread lightly all right thanks for listening we'll be right back hey guys hope you're enjoying this newest episode of battering uh i just want to take a moment to plug uh the big episode 50 uh, Story Screen Podcast presents. So, episode 50, we talk about Terminator 2 Judgment Day. Uh, and the sentence, I've never seen Terminator 2, will never come up for me again. It's a really great episode. We have Bernadette on, and Burge, and Jack, and we just kind of run through this very special screening that was in 3D of Terminator in theaters, or Terminator 2, I should say. Uh, it's really great. Uh, it's, it's really, it's one of the best episodes we've recorded and I really want you guys to give it, give it a listen. It's, uh, it's really good. Can we still poke fun at him, Mike, for waiting this long to see it? No, no. Technically he still hasn't seen the director's cut of Terminator 2, so we could totally point that out. So we can still make fun of him. You spoiled, you spoiled those scenes for me. I know that they cut open his head a la Robocop. Still haven't seen it. It's not a twist. So, guys, please check out the big episode 50. It's on uh, storiescreenbeacon.com. You can also find it on iTunes, SoundCloud, most places where you can find people talking on the radio. Except for the radio. So don't try and find it in your car. Yet. Yet. Hello, and welcome back to Battering. That's me doing uh, doing my, my Christian Bale Batman voice. No, no, uh, guy, uh, you piece of shit. Very good. Nice. Christian Bale. This is the worst radio. The the biggest crime of the Heath Ledger Joker is that he doesn't say moist for ten minutes. Uh, That's just what it's coming (laughs) at. That's what it is. (laughs) That's audio assault. He's so wet and sweaty. Some people might be listening to this with headphones on, and that's just... Or crashing their cars. That's assault. They hate it. Yeah. Mm. A little closer to us. Uh, Alright, so, you know, we just spent, if you are listening to the second part of the podcast, and not the first, because that's a weird way to do it, Machete Order, we just spent uh, about a half hour talking about Mask of the Phantasm. We're all pretty hot on it, we all enjoyed it, but it kind of, 
made us a little bit more nostalgic for Batman products of old and new. So I want to take the second half of the podcast to kind of talk about some of our favorite Batman properties, maybe some that didn't land, maybe some that some of us have seen, some of us have not. I have a few for the listeners at home. I have a few, only have two comic books, Batman comic books in my apartment. Sadly, I don't have Dark Knight Returns, but I have... Uh, You're a terrible three. geek. I'm a bad, I'm a bad nerd. One might say a fake nerd. But I have Year One uh, by Frank Miller. I also have uh, Joker by Brian... Azzarello. Azzarello. Um, the Joker comic book is really cool. I don't think a lot of people have read that, but that's like... Basically, it's about the Heath Ledger Joker. It's like a comic book that came out after The Dark Knight. And it's like using that art style and like that Joker. It's like a Joker story told from the perspective of like a gangster that works under the Joker. And it's fucking gruesome. It's, it's great. It's super it's really good. good. Who's the art by Smarty Pants? Oof. Uh, Lee. What is his last name? It's like Dumbrian or something? Yeah, it's Dumbrian. What is it? Dumbrian. What is it? It's a. Uh, what is it? Uh, Brie Mejo? Brie Mejo? Uh, I got Lee right. Mm. You did get Lee right, yeah. And uh, listen, yeah, what did Brian Azzarello uh, win an award for? Huh? What did Brian Azzarello win an award for? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Being a great comic book writer? Yeah. Does that answer your condescending question? 100 Bullets. Oh, 100 Bullets. The classic. I don't know what that is about. It probably it's is actually, good, though. Actually, is it good? It's really good. I've only read, like, the first yeah. a bit of it. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. I mean, all it says is he won an award for it. It doesn't say what award. Oh, it says it on the book? Yeah. He's smartass. Yeah. Um, so, you know, anything we're about to talk about, we'll, we'll try and plug as we go, but you can find a lot of these comic books. You can get it on your iPad. You can get the physical edition on Kindle or on Amazon. You can find it. But we'll try and name drop the creators of such things as we go. But I think Joker is, like, my favorite. Uh, the Joker comic book is, like, my favorite kind of obscure like Batman material, like I feel like not a lot, of, like not a lot of people read it, and I found it, or I think a friend of mine let me borrow it. The art is super fucking. It's oh, cool. this is your friend's copy. This is my friend's have? copy. That wow. I still have. What's your, your friend's, friend's name? Huh? Al Malozzi. Hey, wow. got your book here, Al. <laughs> Thanks for the fucking book, Al. Bitch. You're never getting it back. <laughs> Actually, I have a copy of uh, Arkham. I've never read the Arkham graphic that novel. a friend lent to me. And that was... artwork in that dude. Yeah, is, is that the one? Uh, which one is that? It's the one that takes place in Arkham. No, there's two. One is like really weird, and it's about like a guy that gets brought in, and he ends. He's just a normal dude. It's the like weird lawyer. Yeah. It's the weird one. It's the weird one. The that's art is that's basically by like Dave McKean. Maybe I know the art is like basically Scarecrow Vision the entire. Yeah, thing. I've had it. Yeah, for that's like, what you guys talk. Yeah, yeah, okay. I've had it for like a year. Have you read it? And I still haven't read it yet, and I realized recently when i was cleaning that i still have it and i haven't read it yet yeah and it's like do i return this because i've had it for way too long you don't return it so how do you feel about returning this to al oh he's never getting that back okay it's too late well he also has a good job and he can buy his own joker graphic novel he did buy his own joker graphic (laughs) novel actually i was just about to say that he did that's that's his that he bought you stole this from him. I so borrowed it indefinitely. He could buy another one because you, you took his copy. And if he wants me to borrow that, he can. I really like Borrow it, it back. <laughs> I really like Long Halloween. I want to shout Which, out to Long what's, Halloween. Uh, tell us about Long Halloween because I don't mm. think I've read that. Long Halloween is... Um, how do we get into this? Long Halloween is very much what uh, inspired the Dark Knight. Yeah, uh, it deals with uh, Two Faces, 
uh, origin story in a way that had never really been tackled before. Okay, yeah. um, is this up there with like your Nightfalls, your Return? Oh, this your is the Long Halloween. I would say is probably even above Nightfall. Really, the Long okay. Halloween is probably Nightfall's second, another one that I haven't is seen. Is probably already, second yeah. or third only to things such as like Year One, The Killing Joke, uh, The Dark Knight Returns. Like, yeah. but Long Halloween, Long is, Halloween is up there. It's, it's a, a great comic. It's also much longer comic than yeah. Because I know Nightfall's huge. Or, Mm, yeah, Nightfall. Nightfall is weird though because it bounces back and forth between Detective Comics and the other. Like it was two concurrent series. Oh, really? It was going back and forth between. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I know like that in Nightfall is the big Bane breaks Batman's back. Yes, mm-hmm. but it Nightfall, was. Yeah. Night, if you uh, read it, as... Long Halloween is also written by Jeff Loeb. Jeff Loeb. Yes. Yeah, and what was this follow up to Long Halloween that was also written by Jeff Loeb? That was. Did Jeff Loeb do? Uh, the Catwoman thing? No. Uh, hang on. Keep talking. Just so you guys know, we're not uh, super... Yes, no, he did do the Catwoman thing when in Rome. Mm-hmm. You're talking about... Uh, the one with... Um, You're talking about uh, Dark Victory. Dark Victory. Yes. Yeah. What's yeah. Dark Victory about? Dark Victory is... Uh, it's the same dude that uh, drew it too, which I'm looking up his name right now because I cannot remember it. Mm-hmm. Uh, Tim Sale. Jeff Loeb and Tim mm-hmm. Sale, yeah, yeah, yeah. both, they, yeah, Dark Victory. Yeah, Dark Victory um, is more or less a follow-up to Long Halloween. Pre- okay. Yeah, it, it deals with, like, pretty much the fallout of it. Like, Two-Face has been made yeah. now, the mob's gone through a bunch of shit, mm-hmm. and it, it kind of follows that. Is I can't, I can never remember, I think I always get confused because there's a poster that I, I used to uh, see at my comic book store that was of one of the covers of Long Halloween, and there's, like, uh, calendar pages everywhere there, and I feel like well, Calendar Man. I is... feel like Calendar Man might be in there. Which calendar I'm so Man upset that Calendar Man is not in a fucking movie. This yet. one, yeah, that one, yes, yeah. Calendar Man is really cool. It, in, um, it, the it, games. it takes place over a year. The art is super cool. That is really uh, cool, actually. It oh, has God. like pretty much a lot of the menagerie of mm-hmm. uh, Batman villains in there. The Rogue Gallery. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. fun. Yeah, Some of the Grundies in there. Mm-hmm. Catwoman, Poison Ivy. Um, would who's you say one, who's the one who transforms? San, or Clayface. 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 That's it. Clayman. Tommy Lee Jones. Clayface. Yeah. Clayface in Arkham City. Fantastic. Uh, what do you guys? What's kind of your favorite like Batman comic in general? Like I really love uh, the Dark Knight Returns. I got one Christmas. I, I asked for it for Christmas. I was like a little bit actually like older, maybe almost in college, and I got it for Christmas. And like I was just like, man, I'm really fucking pumped to read this. I love. Dark Knight Returns, and I remember reading it and just being like, I never want this comic book to end. But I actually have never read the the Frank Miller follow-ups to it, like, because now there's, like, a Dark Knight Returns, like, part two and three, and, like... Yeah, he also, just made some new ones, too, a couple years ago. Yeah, it kind of deals with, like, the the Batman army that he creates. At I the read, like, the first issue. I've heard they're not... It was, that was right around the time where I, I, you stopped, don't need that. I stopped getting it. Like, I was that's like that, by the like that before Watchmen shit where I'm just like, yeah, it's like sacrilegious. Yeah, almost. no, you really yeah. don't. I, Plus, Frank I, Miller's fucking crazy. Yeah. So actually, he made like, some good stuff. He's also a He's only gotten crazier. Yeah. And not in a good way. My high school library had a copy of Dark Knight Returns. Yeah. And it was one of the few, like, graphic novels that the high school library actually had. Mm-hmm. So I have distinct memories of sitting in the library and just reading all of Dark Knight Returns. Mm-hmm. And that was... I'm surprised probably... they allowed it to even be in there, because it's, like, it's gets gruesome at points. Like, it's a yeah, dark graphic yeah. novel, I would say. Um, but that was definitely my first, like, introduction to reading those books. Really? That was your there, first one? 
um IGN I remember had a really good write up of like the 25 best Batman. That might have been what got me into it as yeah. well. Yeah. Yeah, um they had the 25 best Batman graphic novels and I pretty much worked my way through Most the of majority of those. And I mean, definitely Long Halloween um Nightfall? Oh, um fuck. <laughs> Uh, what's the other two-part series? Hush. Uh, oh, Hush is great. Hush is really heard Hush, Hush is, is cool. Yeah. yeah. Hush is I, really good I mean, there's also, yeah, the Death in the Family. Those, Death these are, those are newer, not, though. Those Death, in family, Death in the Family. Death in the Family is... Oh, no, Death, no, no, Death in the right. Family is back with, like, Jason yes. Todd, Robin. You're is, fucking uh, capped. Court of Owls. Court of Owls. Yeah, Court of Owls. Court of Owls is really cool. All the new 52 stuff is... Great. I really like the new 52. We should point out, too, as I was remembering about the other Arkham Asylum um, the comic, comic book, uh, not the... Um, Grant Morrison wrote that. That's it. Yes. Okay. Right. And McKean did the art. Okay. Um, there is one that's not well known, and I, uh, a buddy of mine, Brian, uh, lent me his copies of it way back when in high school, and it's like this six, seven issue series um, about like this kind of like, he's like a lowly criminal, like maybe like a lawyer or something like that. He's kind of like a stand-up guy um, in occupation, but like he goes to jail and he ends up getting sent to Arkham. Okay. And in there, he goes through all the stuff where he like, he uh, interacts with like the rogues gallery of Batman's villains. Because he's in Arkham. Because he's in Arkham. Right. And he slowly starts getting fucked up. More and more and more to the point where, like, his, like, teeth are, like, razor sharp and he's got this crazy smile mm-hmm. and he loses all of his hair and he's got this pale complexion and he ends up becoming, like, a character that's, like, a shark. And okay. he ends up becoming a bad Killer guy White? by the end of it. What? It's Killer White? Kind of. Yeah. I'm not exactly sure if that's exactly what they're doing. I haven't read it since high yeah. school. There is a shark Batman villain. Right. And I Killer White. think that that might that be what they sense. did, but... They yeah. might have also, it just might have been like this kind of one-off, like mm-hmm. seeing this person d- deteriorate right. down. Before that makes we, sense, yeah. though. It has to be, right? Before we go further, you know, we, we don't claim to be the experts on all things comic books and Definitely extra random stuff. This is much more of us being loving fans who want to talk about this stuff because, you know, we spent four episodes, five now, talking about like Batman cinematic I, I things. we all just pumped out more knowledge than the, the average bear True. right there. True, but like that's, that's our hard on yourself. Our collective hive mind. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I honestly don't think two comic book nerds don't really listen to podcasts because they're assholes. Oh, they hate themselves, yeah. So they just, you oh, know, wow. they don't hate themselves. I'm just kind of <laughs> I used to be one. Yeah. yeah. There's a there's a certain schmanness that goes to... Well, now, it's it's a world that I really fucking miss, man. I've been to like Comic Con in New York. I've been to Comic Con yeah, in Comic-Con Chicago. Cool. Like yeah. it, I, I absolutely love that world and i love reading comics it's just it's so much money and so much time that it just depends on if that hobby isn't a hobby anymore and it can grow into something that's more mainstay and it's like ooh, there you go i mean i think we can all agree that we're kind of more fans of like the graphic novel and not like the one-off issue by issue kind of things i mean when you get to nightfall like it was released issue by issue and then kind of put together collectively. Even Dark Knight Returns was released well, that way. They, they get those ones but it has, that come there's, out. There's, they have there's a good an arc. Run. Yeah, like, there's Hush, an, Death mm-hmm. in the Family. These are all ones that were released as part of the continuity of Batman in DC. Yeah, and were eventually just like that's a damn good story, and mm-hmm. they just put it together. Yeah, I mean, I really like Dark Knight Returns because I feel like you just need to know the gist of Batman 
And then you can come to the story as just like, it's been, I think it was like 30 or 40 years since Batman last put on the cowl. Mm-hmm. And we're in a Gotham without a Batman. And it's kind of receded into itself. And like, that's such a great story. And like, Batman has a mustache. What the fuck? And like, that's all, that's all he really He can good. grow a mustache. Yeah. Oh, he thought he couldn't. He was yeah, like, he can. Dad. See? Like, oh, Shout out to also, uh, my favorite Robin is from the Dark Knight Returns, the Lady Robin. Yeah, um, she's cool. Carrie, she has like some Fisher. kind of like, not Carrie Fisher. <laughs> But I would. Good joke. Uh, yeah, I really like. I think. Yeah, like I said, Dark Knight Returns is probably my favorite. And you, you were saying that you really is Dark Knight Returns your favorite kind of Batman comic book um, graphic novel? Probably. That's the easiest one to say. Yeah. But I think really, like as far as my favorite like contained Batman fiction goes, and we've been seeding this, we've been mm, hitting at this already. I also agree with you. So it's Arkham Asylum. It. Like, yeah, that's it. The Arkham, the game, Arkham Asylum. The first game in that Arkham yeah. series, like, uh-huh. like I played a decent amount of Arkham City, and only I just barely touched Arkham Knight. But Arkham uh, Asylum, Arkham, you I just know, reminded Arkham me City. the Grant Morrison one is Arkham Asylum, a serious house on serious earth. That's the name of that. That's comic. a dumb title. I no, I like it. I think it's cool. I mean, for, serious like, house on serious earth. You really think that's a dumb title? I mean, think about how they a present a serious like, house on a serious earth. A serious a serious house on serious on serious earth. I think that's cool. I mean, because it's all about the idea that, like, even Batman himself is insane in this in this house of insane people that he's yeah. put there, and he's going through insanity while while Grant Morrison's a weird motherfucker. Yeah, I mean, I think like a lot of a lot of really great Batman properties. I think when like a, a artist or a writer has enough like time with Batman, they all eventually talk about like. So he's as crazy as the people he's fighting, right? Yeah, I mean, that's... like that's kind of like whereas like uh, Spider Man. Oh his, boy. Let's it, look at the Spider-Man notes you have on the wall here. Well, Spider-Man, he's much more about, like, the fight between him. All superheroes are, like, about, like, do I want to be more who I am normally, or do I want to be more the costume vigilante? Spider-Man kind of, like, tackles this duality, and Spider-Man is also kind of the catalyst for inventing, like, creating a lot of these villains, um, like, directly. Uh, Batman is really cool because like those themes are still there, but they much more explore just like Batman. You've been doing this for a while. Have you never thought about the fact that like you're just as bad as these people, and because you exist, they exist? That's the whole idea. I mean, yeah. duality is the like cornerstone of most comic books. That's why Superman is so boring. Yeah, but Superman's I think... not boring. Depends on how you do. Superman. I'm just baiting Mike right now. That's yeah. all. Hey man, come on, man. Come on, yeah, man. come on! Man. This is why. That's why Superman works play. alone. Yeah, he's boring. No one wants to hang out super with him. Gr- super girl, super girl, all the other ones. I don't know. I'll be mean to Superman. He can fucking take it. It's true. Birch, do you have a favorite uh, Batman comic book before? Because the games we're gonna get into. Yeah, I mean, before, I would probably go with the Long Halloween. That's probably Long Halloween's your I could, favorite. I could just read. I got to check that one that. out. So and it's really cool. cool. Yeah, uh, I love. I, I'm not as uh, hot on The Dark Knight Returns as everybody else. It's fucking great. But yeah. I've read it twice. I guess that means like I really like it. But when I think to like a really favorite Batman comic, mm-hmm. I, I really enjoy Hush. Yeah. Um, Hush is really cool. The thing about Dark Knight Returns is the art is... Oh, I love it, too. Oh, yeah. I'm not knocking it for that. Yeah, yeah. It's, you well, know, when, I, when we're talking favorites... We're not talking bests. You but know? I mean, like, like no. It, it, it is, is The Dark Knight Returns the best Batman graphic novel ever made? 
it's probably, very arguable. Probably. That's very debatable. Yeah. They yeah, could do that. Um, yeah. But like in terms of favorites, you got to go like, well, I really appreciate that one on how well they do that. And it's a fun story and I like reading it. But at the end of the day, favorite is like, what's the one that like I could just drop what I'm doing right now. And just read it. I would yeah. read The Long Halloween again. Okay. Yeah, in a heartbeat. I would too. Definitely. No, that's I mean, fair. I do like what we were talking about. Brian Azzarello's Joker as well. It's just like it's a short. feast for the eyes. And oh, it's yeah. Just, I'm looking it's, at it's this fun. shit. This art is fucking it's, dude, it's it's crazy. Yeah. It's no, no and this and the like Arkham Asylum, uh, Grant Morrison's yeah. Arkham Asylum is feast it's for the so eyes. It's so much fun. Yeah. It's just really, it's just, a, it's an easy dive and yeah. it, it's, it's well written, it's well drawn, mm-hmm. it's well paced, it's just, it's just a yeah. damn good comic. I like the way that Miller, uh, Frank Miller tells Batman stories because I also love Year One which uh, I think came out after Dark Knight Returns ironically so because like it's, I think Miller kind of tackling not the end of Batman's career but the beginning instead. Mm-hmm. Um, and I really love, I, I love Year One because I love the Gordon-centric storyline because I, I feel like no one really does Gordon right. Like, obviously, in the Nolan movies, we get some good Gordon action, but, like, he always kind of comes across as, like, a wuss or, like, very unsure of himself, and he never... I think he's... I actually really like his character in Dark Knight Rises because he's kind of, like, a militant leader of, like, the city under siege. Oh, yeah. And it's when he has the most agency and he's, like, the most interesting. Um, but I really love Year One. I really, really, really like Year One, which is why I was so happy when we were watching Phantasm, seeing some of, like, the the nods to all that stuff. Yeah, it's heavy in there. Yeah, but it's good. It's good shit. So, uh, does anyone, uh, yeah, we kind of cover comic books. If it comes up, it comes up. Um, but yeah, my, I would have to say my favorite, like, standoff, like, Batman property is definitely the video games. Because, you know, I think I said it before, but like. Batman Returns for Super Nintendo? Not Batman Returns for Nintendo, but the. Uh, Batman Returns for the, Sega Genesis? The Arkham City by uh, Rocksteady Games, like right? Yeah. 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 Rocksteady does it, WB publishes it. Yeah. Um, but the Rocksteady Games, the Arkham uh, Asylum, City Origins, and Arkham Knight Games are fucking awesome. Because they really are like. It is the animated series. And it grew up with us, and now it's for grown-ups, because we're grown-ups. And, like... Yeah, that's totally what they were doing. That's it. Well, I mean, half the, half the voice cast is the same. I remember when, like, Arkham City was coming... Or Arkham Asylum was coming out, everyone's just like... Yeah, so there's, like, no way this game's, like, really good, right? Because there's no... Like, there's not... Good superhero games, like, don't exist. Like, there's not really good superhero games. That game blew me away the first time. Yeah, it's the... It's the... Oh, it's fun. it's Asylum, still... You are Batman. Asylum yeah, like, you is... just get to run around as Batman for a while. Like, I want to get all the toys. And your cape looks sick. Asylum is fucking perfect. Like, City and Night are cool as follow-ups, but, like, Asylum... As its a, own story is just... Asylum, mean. A, did a lot for stealth in games. Yes. And it did that a combat lot for... System. It did a lot for, like, third-person combat. Because, mm-hmm. they're like, you look at third-person combat now, the majority of it is just whole cloth ripping the Arkham Asylum. Yeah, which I'm totally fine with. Like, if you've ever played Shadow of Mordor, like... It's, it's straight up, like, those system, mechanics awesome. are just stripped. Yeah. Like, it is more rhythm-based, timing-based, and counter-based, and that is just, like, just what third-person combat great. is now. There are, like, dozens of games that have yeah. just whole cloth, like, ripped off that whole mechanic. And then just the way that it pays homage to all of the Batman yeah. canon and gets like you said it is Batman for the kids who grew up with animated Batman yeah. and using that Kevin Conroy like 
Kevin Conroy as Batman is awesome in the animated series, but I think is fully realized for us as adults. That's the best in the animated of... series because, mm-hmm. especially the way like he plays off of all the other villains and also like allies. Like he plays yeah. off Gordon. Like a lot of uh, and Oracle. Batgirl and like yeah, yeah or yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah Oracle. Like all that. Like all the canon is there. Especially in like the trophies and the models and mm. stuff like that, and they like flesh out all that character background. Yeah. But so much great of it, Riddler, really good, really Riddler. good Riddler. Well, because that's the way you do Riddler in a video game, where it's like he's not a villain you fight directly. He's which he wouldn't fu- be. He's fucking with you kind of throughout everything. Because yeah, like, yeah, Riddler yeah. himself, he can't in, in a fist he fight. Can't no. fight. No, There's no, no way. Happen. No yeah. one can beat Batman in a fist fight, and that's like kind of the idea Clint that a face. lot of Killer Croc. Bang. Right, but they okay. don't. But they don't. Right, but in, right, but they don't. But in because, those yeah, cases, yeah. <laughs> in those cases, you are as Batman. You are outsmarting. Like the fight with Killer Croc is not a fight. You're not punching Killer Croc. It's so scary. Yeah, yeah. and they the play Mr. Freeze off of, fight in mm-hmm. Arkham City. It's like you outsmarting this character. Right, you're mm-hmm. playing off of all of these villains in the best way that they possibly can, and they yeah. think they Ooh, handle all that stuff. In the best I way love they can. All of them. I, you know, I do think that Arkham Asylum like is the strongest like from start to finish. Arkham game. Asylum is tight. Yeah, it's, that's tight because that, it's, that's it's in a small like, world. Asylum yeah. is the best one out of all of them. Well, these. yeah, I go okay. Like I really like how they open it up with City, and I really like how it really like when Arkham Asylum came out, they were like, "It's Grand Theft Auto, but you're fucking Batman." And you're running around this island. It's not though. It's and much Metroid. more Metroid. It's Metroid, Metroid in Castlevania. Yeah. Okay. But right. But so then yeah. Arkham City is Grand Theft Auto. Grand Theft Auto yeah. in a way. Batman. Yeah, for sure. I mean, the 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 problem with Arkham City is that the story of Arkham City and the moment to moment action is like my favorite. I love the Hugo Strange stuff. The opening of Arkham City it's great. is probably like my favorite singular Batman like Mr. You like you like if I had a Pinterest page of like favorite Batman things, it's like, well that's the first one. Because like him, you have to fight out of you have to break out of Arkham Asylum as Batman. And the scene where you have to like you have to shake your your body out of the chair and like Oh, as Bruce like, Wayne. Yeah, as Bruce Wayne. Yeah. And you're just like fighting out of there and then you fuck with Cobblepot, you do all that. Like that's all so good, but and uh, Alfred what, sends in a... What falls apart in City is... is uh, The the story in City is, like, Batman is poisoned and he has to, like, get out of this thing. But, like, you also... You're in a big open world, so the game's trying to be, like, explore me. But the story's trying to be, like, you're on a timer, you have to do this uh, do this thing. Yeah, we've had this conversation. Yeah, it's so, called ludonarrative dissonance. It's, Thank you, Jack. There you go. Well, he's right. And, like, that's that's kind of the problem with Arkham City... Arkham City is my favorite Batman property. I played through that game three times, maybe four. I will say I own I City, it. but I don't own Asylum. And it's not from, yeah, you know, like, just like, Asylum's oh, I great. like City more. It's just yeah. like, City was the one I was like, I borrowed Asylum from a friend and played it and, like, crushed that game 100% yeah. in, like, 10 days, gave mm-hmm. it back. City, I was like, oh. Yeah. This is crazy. And City actually has one of those glitches in games that I always hold against it, where if you don't do a trophy by a certain point, you can no longer get that trophy. That so sucks. I got 99% of City, but I can't get one yeah. trophy because that part of the map doesn't exist anymore. Because when I went for it, it was already after this point in the City where yeah. that thing had become something else. I also, so I'm like, fuck that shit. Yeah, yeah I think that that's the, the grudge I hold against City as well. Is it, it just feels a little bit like there's too much there. Yeah. Whereas... 
Asylum is a tight, contained Absolutely. story. And, and also, like, the I think my favorite thing, my biggest takeaway from Asylum, the thing that I remember the most, because the final boss fight in Asylum sucks. We made Joker big, you have to fight Final bosses him. are hard. Final bosses are hard. And when we get to Bioshock and Talking Simulator, we'll talk about that. We'll talk about that, because it also has a big problem for almost perfect game. Wait, you're mad that it's hard to beat some of the bad guys? No, 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 no. Oh. The, Wait. the final, do you remember the final boss in Arkham? No, it's Asylum? not hard yeah. to beat. Joker all wrote it, wrote it He's up. He's wrote it up. But yeah. like, it just turns designing into... Designing final bosses is hard. So like, you remember, so the Mr. Freeze fight There's, in Arkham City. So you don't like the design of the Hear me final out. boss? I'm gonna, no. I'm gonna try and explain it to you. Okay. The reason we all herald the Mr. Freeze fight in Arkham City as being one of the best boss fights in a video game is because you, the character, you have to use all of the tools and tricks that you've learned throughout the whole game to fight Mr. Freeze. And Mr. Freeze, the minute you use one of your moves against him, he remembers and he will punish you for using the same move. So you're saying that the Mr. Freeze fight is superior to the final Joker fight. Maybe that is what I'm saying, but let me tell you why I don't like the Joker fight. The reason I don't like the Joker fight is because it turns into you dodge rolling over a few moves, hitting Joker a few times, dodge rolling over a few moves, hitting Joker three times. It's exactly the same as the Bane fight. Yeah, it's just like not super... Engaging, interesting. Whereas, like, because well, isn't it like is... you're following the same things as like when you fought Bane and when you fight all like the souped up thugs? It's like now right. Joker is that. It's the same. So it follows the same mechanics. It's just slightly harder, which makes yeah. no sense for the Joker character. Right? No, the Joker character. You're not going to be... get any argument from me with that. But it's yeah. like at the same time, I kind of really like that. That's how it ends. Where Joker's just like, ah, fuck this, and just like goes for it. It, yeah. it, it makes sense to his Joker it, in that. Yeah, I guess it's just not. Game. It's not very creative where i think no. robbie's getting at the the mr freeze fight is very creative in the context of what you're able to it's design do. yeah but that's yeah. that's the detective fight that you get where it's like use everything that you've done let's see how good you are right thinking on your feet you are the detective you are batman but if you now. really want to simulate like a batman versus joker fight in a video game it would be like joker literally always outsmarting you or joker being like i'm gonna let you kill me and that will fucking ruin you. Well, isn't that what happens? So Arkham Knight. Yeah. Well, yeah. Arkham Knight. Arkham Knight really tackles the psychology of. Like, Did you guys play Arkham Origins? I noticed you guys haven't brought that one up. I played Arkham Origins. Uh, I've not played. So it. Arkham Origins is a little weird because it was like developed by a different team. I played Arkham Rocksteady. Origins as well. Yeah, and I Ar- really like it. I like or- Arkham Origins. Uh, it kind of a part of this conversation of boss fights has some of the best boss fights of any it video game. Really does the Deathstroke boss fight in that game is like. That just Deathstroke in that game in it's general. Just, it's just like, like, this is like probably so the best thing I've like ever played. And the Bane fight you kind of have a, towards the end of that game is really good too. I just thought the story is like a little flat comparatively against all the other yeah, Arkham games. It's, it's kind of shaked and baked yeah, real quick. They're like, yeah, here you go. You I guess, do like the idea of Joker like getting introduced to him and Batman's like, who the fuck is this guy? Well, you like, know that like that Joker is voiced by Troy Baker, not yes, Mark Hamill. Yes. And he's just doing like the best Mark Hamill He's impression. pulling it off. And the scene that, like, uh, you kind of, you have uh, Batman in that, like, roller coaster ride, and it's very reminiscent of Killing Joke. Who was Joke. the voice of Batman in that? Uh, the guy who plays Ezio in Assassin's Creed is the voice of him. Really? Yeah. Oh, you weird? know what I was thinking? I think it's in the animated version of Year One. Mm, the dude from the OC that was also on is that the show, voice of Southland, he's the voice of Batman, because Batman's supposed to be younger, and I was thinking, I was like, wait, is that him in that one? Okay. No, it's the voice of Ezio Adatore de Firenze. One of the greatest video game heroes of all time. He's really good, I mean, like, he's... Ezio's great. Ezio's Ezio great. Is a Ezio fantastic. is great. Um, I do wish that they had the balls to actually fucking kill him in Assassin's Creed. Um, Did... Uh... Talking about the last one? Yeah. Revelations? That's the one. Yeah. Uh, Did you ever see the 
short film. No, I hear it's great. It is Robbie. I've heard it's so good. It is the ending that you want. Yes, because it just ties. Because Revelations is not the ending that you. No, it's not. No, that's the problem with it. Revelations is not. Well, now this is. that's what that's what this is for. We also didn't really bring up Killing Joke. I really like Killing Joke. Oh, we, I, yeah, I, I think I rattled it off in like the ones that I really liked. Yeah, the Killing Joke's great, but again, it's not my favorite. That's another one of those things yeah, where it's it's, just, it's all over the place. It's really short, it's really and short. it's also like it's Alan Moore being like, "Oh, you want me to write a fucking Batman story?" Okay, <laughs> I'm Alan Moore. I'm really crazy. Yeah, why is it like people like Grant Morrison, Alan Moore, and Frank Miller, like these people that are just fucking nuts? Oh, artists yeah. are the ones that are like tackling. But I guess actually, I just answered my that own question. Makes sense, that. Yeah. yeah. Sorry. Because they are the ones, you know, they're kind of the the pillars that have brought Batman psychology into the way that we really like Batman. Because, mm-hmm. like, Batman just solving crimes and doing shit is okay. Superheroes are more interesting when they're fucked up and yeah. flawed. I was going to say, my favorite thing about... If anybody knows characters something about writing Characters up, are more interesting when they're fucked up. Yeah. Before. Yeah. Yeah. But, yeah. But that goes... But Alan Moore can really fucking deliver Alan on Moore's that. a fucking nutcase. Yeah. So is Frank Miller. <laughs> Um, I think my favorite takeaway from the Arkham Asylum game is the scarecrow scenes. Dude, right. They're so Top good. I remember, I remember the first time you're in Arkham Asylum and like you're walking by and you look on the ground and you're like, are those my dead parents? Yeah. <laughs> the first time it happens, you're like, whoa, wait, hold on. And then it breaks away. I love those sub games too, where mm-hmm. you have to like climb up and get to scarecrow hide in the shadows. Yeah. Great sub game in those. Yeah. The cool thing that Arkham Asylum does uh, that I don't think I think is like underused in video games, which more so like the psychological like horror aspect yeah. is like being more approached in video games. Is like you can make your player experience fucking anything. anything. Like the rules yeah. of physics do not apply. The rules of like anything don't apply. And Batman Arkham Asylum really like plays with that. Like we're gonna show you. Like, it plays with the unreliable well, narrator It gives aspect you kind of, of, like, rules, and then when Scarrow happens, all And then, like, totally, break. yeah, yeah, throws them out the window and shows you shit that is totally impossible and uses that sort of impossible imagery to its mm-hmm. advantage, which is something that I think we're starting, developers are starting to catch on that you can I think so. get to that kind and of And, like, uh, I guess, you know, we kind of discussed we don't want to spoil Arkham Knight for everybody. I have beaten Arkham Knight. Um, I kind of okay, want to play. Well, now I know oh, who wow. the Arkham Knight is. I could have so guessed, nice. but thanks. Hey, you could have guessed. That's the problem. Yeah. Um, but like the way that game uses like the guilt of Joker's death on Batman's hands, like, and because it's like made on next gen console, so the, like the game is like looks fucking beautiful. But like there are yeah, times where you're kind of so you're good. walking around as Batman and you just hear Joker talking about something, and then you turn around, he's not there. But then when you pan the camera back to where you were looking. He's just sitting there being like, man, you're a real piece of shit. Aren't you Batman? Aren't you Bruce? And it's just like, oh, it's so good. But I think the real great thing about Arkham City is just like how Joker orchestrated down to the wire. Just like, oh, yeah, I knew you were going to do all those things. To the fact that like I, you, the Joker you were chasing is not Joker. That's Clayface. I've been here the whole time, Mm -hmm. and I'm not sick. It's a great twist. Fuck you. I was going to say, the Arkham City, who in the Arkham games, who's Robin? In Arkham City, there's Robin. Uh, So, who is normally Red Hood? Tim Drake. Jason Jason Todd. Todd. So, Jason Todd is, spoilers, the Arkham Knight. And then... Uh, We said we weren't going to do that. I'll just beep it out again. 
and uh, the Robin that is in the games who, who is actively Robin, Tim Drake. I think is Tim Drake. Yeah. Tim Drake because he it, has the big pipe and Dick weapons. Grayson is. Yeah, but isn't he um, Nightwing? In the Nightwing is in the game. Hold on, I actually want to see because when you guys brought up earlier, Carrie Kelly, Carrie Kelly, I want to see, uh, and it's it's Dick Grayson, Jason Todd, Todd. Tim Drake, Carrie Kelly, and like alternate universe doesn't exist, and then it's Stephanie Brown is the girl Robin that was for a brief time in the continuity of Batman, and the current one is Damian Wayne. So (sighs) Damian Wayne is not in the games. No, so, Damian Wayne is brand spanking new. So we have new in the whoever well, normally, I guess, I guess he's yeah. been around for like. So to years answer now. your question, whoever normally be, Jason Todd has died, in quotes. It's Tim Drake is the one, and there's Nightwing is out there like, and Nightwing is shit. Dick Grayson, right? Is Dick Grayson? Okay. Yeah. So yeah, so Nightwing and Nightwing is in the game. He is in the game. Yeah. Yeah. So that makes sense then because Dick Grayson leaves. He gets Jason Todd. Jason Todd dies. He doesn't want to do Robin anymore. Tim Drake, he's like, I figured out that you're, it's kind of the Joseph Gordon Levitt thing in Dark Knight Rises. I figured out that you're Batman. Look how cool I am. And they get, they get him and then he goes away for a bit. Yeah. Or no, wait, does he fucking die in the comics? Um, What's cool? Yeah, he does. Yeah. Oh Oh, shit. Everyone dies. That's a spoiler. So I gotta read comics, but they could play a video game. I guess. Um, what's What's cool in like Arkham Knight as well is that like your character, your Batman, is like going crazy, and people like Batgirl, Oracle, Alfred, Nightwing, and Robin are being like, "Bruce, what the hell are you doing? Like, you're being super weird." And Bruce is like, the whole time, Batman's just being a dick to everybody because no one knows that he's, he's like crazy. Harry Potter and the Order you, of the Phoenix. Yes. Just being a dick to everybody. Yeah, but like it's like, but because it's like, I'm was that a serious? Yes, every- like you understood what I was saying there. Yeah, okay. I just read I the your pants. But it's like, but like just, just playing along. But um, Batman, you because you are Batman, you see more of like, oh yeah, Batman's being crushed by the weight of his own psyche. He's going actually fucking nuts because he has Joker blood in him, and Joker blood's also crazy blood. And wait, is this a thing? This is a thing because when Joker he, blood's well, because Joker's so blood is when, crazy. Because It'd be way more interesting if it was just Batman. Under the weight of his own psyche, because that's like yeah, a recurring theme. The way the way they yeah. the way they answer Constantly. it, yeah, that should be the way it is. But the way they do it in the game is because you got infected in Arkham City with like the Joker sickness, and he's like, "I have infected blood, and that blood's in you now." I gave you AIDS. I gave you AIDS. So because of that, they cure <laughs> Mike's face. Hopping in an AIDS just, joke. Just getting it oh, in there, right? Is it too soon? To what? <laughs> the 80s um so even though they cured it they cured the sickness he still has joker in him so he's kind of <sighs> grappling with that the, so dumb no but the way they, they do it i'm in the sure game it's is, probably it's played very the well the way i'm like, saying it he's got he's got great. joker blood in him he's got joker in him yeah and that's why he's talking to him in his head it's like i i get it I mean, comic book rules are comic book rules, you know? Right. No, no, and that's why it's like, yeah, it's, yeah, yeah. It, it, it's fairy dust. It's mm-hmm. Fugazi, Fugazi. Fugazi, Fugazi. You want to talk yeah. about Fugazi? You want to talk about Wolf of Wall Street? Do I? That's not where I was going. Okay. Um, but yeah, the Arkham games are fucking killer. And I really like, I was getting to this before, but didn't quite follow through the, the punchline, but I really like Kevin Conroy in that Batman role where he is... Because you mentioned this when we were watching Mask of the Phantasm, is the Bruce Wayne that we get in Mask of the Phantasm, and I think in the animated series in general, is kind of like Bruce Wayne for kids. Like, maybe Batman for kids. Like, Kevin Conroy is he's iconic li- as Batman, but he's like kind he's of a kinda, he's dullard, dumb. 
Yeah, not like not like to insult him or anything. It's just like he needs to figure things out, and we, the audience, need to figure things out with him. And because the main audience that they're directing this at is kids, right? We've got to kind of figure out, like, oh, this this is what right. What you have we're to doing. spell it out a little bit. Right. But yeah. in this case, for the the games, a lot of the time, the interaction that you have, like the line delivery for Batman, is like Gordon or Alfred saying to Batman, like. The Joker is going to uh, release this poison gas and kill everyone if you don't get to it. And and Batman, Kevin Conroy, is just like, no, he's not. No, he's not. No, he's, no he won't. All right, he's also he's got, just like, I love when it's like when you get something and then like the it's like that. And the bat swing around. And he's like, I need to get this back to the Batcave so I can figure out exactly what the Joker is up to. Yeah, and, and there's they, a lot of lines like that. And stuff yeah. like that, and he's just, it's... Arkham Knight actually Every single thing that you do, like he has to voice that. it because... It's a video game, and you need to. Yeah. Where's Batman's head? Like, I need to triangulate the position of this recording, but I. It I, needs to be closer. I really I'm not just like that. The deadpan is just like, oh, uh, Mister Freeze has all these hostages, and he's gonna kill them if if you don't get there. And Batman's just like, no, he won't. Mm-hmm. No. No, I got this. He's a very like and very so matter of fact. He's just so like, he's like literal. Great. Yeah. Yeah, it's cool. He's a he's the Kevin Conroy Batman in the Arkham games is just enough of a dick. He's because a, he is a dick in the animated series. Like very, when he's Batman, he's a total yeah. fucking dick. He's, he's such a very dick confident. In the third That's Batman why he comes across dude. as a dick because he's just like, I'm going to go stop this. I'm going to stop this. Yeah, I'm the boy who lived. No, yeah, pay attention <laughs> to me. He has the utmost confidence. My hormones are going magically insane. You want to do a Harry Potter podcast? It's I'm not doing it's a Harry Potter podcast. Is that, the ne- no that going to be the next way. franchise? Yeah, you'll see. Because I get to choose, <laughs> right? <laughs> That'd be fucking hilarious Fuck doing you. Harry Potter. <laughs> I mean, it's not... I'll do a Harry Potter franchise, no, franchise I picked, rewatch. I picked Fast and the Furious. You picked Batman. No, I picked Batman, but he. I, I wanted Robbie to host. Okay, so it's your pick then. Yeah, it's his pick next, yeah. So we could do Harry Potter. No, when we do Harry Potter, it's just going to be me alone just talking to a microphone for an hour and four. The Mike Bird show we've been talking so much about. The one thing that's really good about Harry Potter and it's the Sorcerer's the... Stone is that it was originally called the Philosopher's Stone when the book was released in Britain. But when the movie came out, it was released in America, so they decided to keep the Sorcerer's Stone, and plus alliteration makes everything better. For an hour and 40 minutes, I really think that we could we could get some... We or you? We are one. I'm sure all of our, <laughs> our listeners can't wait to not listen to those episodes. Oh, yeah. That'd be a ton of fun. There's another... I had, a, I had a nugget I was going to say. I was going to... Batman Returns, Super Nintendo, Sega Genesis oh, yeah, game. I didn't want to bring that up. I yeah. just want to say that has one of the hardest bosses in any video game ever. Fighting Catwoman in that fucking game. Yeah. It's horrible, and I have lost days of accumulated hours to trying to beat right, that. But that's because in the Sega Genesis Super Nintendo days, for the most part, they were still working off of arcade rules where it's like, well, you need to feed this thing quarters because we're going to make it artificially hard right. because really this game is 45 minutes long. Right. Yeah. Yeah. You need to like so, keep dying or like, oh, continue. Yeah. How do you guys feel about Batman Beyond? Love cool. it. Cool. Batman what? Beyond is. Cool I'm not saying it's bad. I just yeah. I think that's this is the part. Bruce Wayne is like, like, talk that about is, that is like. How the, do you guys feel about returns, money? But like more. Yeah. <laughs> Even like, yeah. I love it. Yeah. I love it. I love money. <laughs> I have some of it. I want more of it. Yeah. Batman Beyond. Speaking, Speaking of money, it's fucked up that you had to pay for the costume. 
the Batman Beyond costume if you wanted it in Arkham City. I thought it came. No, I must have. What do they call those? DLC. DLC. No. Downloadable content. Microtransactions. No. um, I'm right. (laughs) It's a thing that you put over a thing. Skin. 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 That's that's what I was talking about. Sorry. That's what, uh, I that's did what play the, the Clutch Kids call it. That is what Clutch. I will oh, say when shit. I played uh, Arkham City, when I got the Batman Beyond skin, I was like, "Well, I guess I have to do a whole other playthrough where I'm only Batman Beyond Batman the whole time." And guess what? Geek cred reestablished. It was awesome. I bet it's fucking great. It's really good. I really like Batman Beyond. I think Terry McGinnis makes a great Batman. Um, I really love the art style of it because I, I obviously love the original animated series art style for sure. But like, I think that Batman Beyond is. So good. It's not underrated because everyone is, keeps being like, when are you going to make more? Rocksteady, make a Batman Beyond game, you lazy pieces of shit. I'm not lazy. But I want Probably takes a lot to make those games. Have you? Yeah, it's so. so. <laughs> Have you guys ever seen... Um, Rocksteady is not going to do another Batman game. They said that, right? Yeah, but everyone's a liar and a hypocrite. I guess. Money. Like, it's just like Batman Beyond. Yeah, they might be like, we're making a Justice League game and Batman is still playing with I yeah, or like they'd be like, we're not making another Batman game. Terry McGinnis is Batman in this one. Thankfully, and he's voiced by Kevin Kevin Conroy. Thankfully, if they were going to do a Justice League game, they probably would have announced it by now. You would think so. Yeah. They're making they're working on something though. But uh I, I kinda like what I have you guys ever seen The Return of Joker, the Batman Beyond? Like mm-hmm. straight to I almost wish we could it's have also like, a video watch game. that. It's Return of Joker's a mm-hmm. video game? Well the Batman Beyond yeah, Nintendo sixty four. Really? Mm-hmm. It definitely had a Batman Beyond video, video game. game on it game had Boy to Advance. have been that. It was like a oh, I mean, they're like all over the place. They put them on Game Boy, yeah. that one, this one. But what was really cool, what I love about the Return of Joker because that was the first. I remember watching that and begging my parents to buy me the VHS. And my dad and me watched a lot of Batman. He really liked Batman. And we were watching it, and like there is a because fu- the whole shtick of the Return of Joker is that Robin is the Joker. They implant jesus can you go fuck yourself jesus look at you it's been over a decade over a decade i was gonna watch it tomorrow like robin stuff yeah i guess i do i had cleared my schedule tomorrow i was like i'm gonna watch this thing that i totally remember what you just said it was tomorrow batman beyond right and i think it is return joker i could be wrong but i'm pretty sure it's return joker no i've already seen it it's pretty good it is really good but um it's but you meet, like, a Robin who's, like, kind of chubby, overweight. You wouldn't think that he's a Robin. He's like, oh, yeah, I fucking stopped being Robin, like, years ago. I was just like, he's like, that's not what I want to do. I don't want to do that. But he has a microchip in him that turns him into Joker. But there's a scene in that cartoon where the Joker's, like, filming him doing this surgery on Robin. And yes. it has, like, it's, his guts it's on the table. Dude, it's like, I remember, like, like having to cover my eyes and my parents being like, oh, we've scarter kid again mm-hmm. fuck we're really bad at being parents oh shit and like that happened yeah. but uh do you, i mean do you guys like remember any of that yeah no i yeah, very much gruesome. remember yeah it's i mean dude i used to watch uh like batman beyond and stuff with my mom my mom was very cool my dad loved hanging out with beyond, watching yeah. something like that i used to watch like dragon ball z growing up did I you watch to- uh x-men evolution yeah, Batman Evolution is no, a little good. beyond me. Beyond you, you might have been a little old for that. I was. I yeah. watched the original like X Men animated. Even like, Batman Beyond, I was. I wasn't sure if I was like. I don't know if Burge. Batman like, Beyond kind of landed like right around there where I was like, 
maybe a little bit too old for it. But I'm I was too in old the for comic. this, but I'm still in there. I was comic book. Yeah, I was yeah. in the comic book, yeah. so I was like, Batman, fuck yeah, bring it on. Did you focus like because this is all on WB? Did you focus Static Shock too? No, that, Static again, Shock is good. <laughs> a little I bit. That was the only time in my life that I would voluntarily wake up at like eight thirty, six a.m. Yeah, on to a watch Saturday Static Shock and be like, be like, fuck. Shit doesn't start for like another hour and a half, but I'm awake because it's Saturday and I'm excited. They used to be me with a Buffy before school. They would play an episode of Buffy at six and an episode of Angel uh-huh. at seven, and I had to be at school at eight fifteen. I lived about ten minute walk from school, so I, I would just up wake for... up two hours early. And my parents would be like, "What the fuck are you doing? Is... Like we can't get you, we cannot drag you out of bed to go anywhere, but you'll get up two hours early before to watch school Buffy. to like watch Buffy and eat my Ego Minis." With yeah. the syrup like already in there, yeah. I Beast will Wars. Be- that's literally no. What I'm gonna say. Beast, Beast Wars. Wars. Come to me, my children. I will Beast talk to you. Wars. Beast Wars. Beast Wars. Beast Wars. Beast Wars before school every fucking. Well, because they would do so the Sailor Moon. Oh, I f- I could fuck on some tuxedo mask. Yeah, for sure. I was tuxedo mask for Halloween one year, which is just a man that wearing a suit. That explains all the gifts a... that you sent me recently. <laughs> that does not explain it. I was actually really <laughs> happy that uh, the recent uh, eclipse that happened had a bunch of people doing a bunch of like Sailor Moon stuff. Like people were just sharing pictures of Sailor Moon mm. and all these different things. I was like, she's back. She's well, back. They, they came back she with a new left. Sailor Moon. She never they, left. They're, they're, like, they've remade Sailor Moon recently. Really? Yeah. So go check it out and uh, write an article about it. Challenge accepted. Welcome to the nerdgasm section of this. This is podcast. the nerdgasm section of this. Dude, if, if you're listening and you haven't realized that's what this was, sorry. By now, I hey, what's wrong with you? <laughs> Have you been listening? My fucking bad. I thought this podcast was about movies. Uh, are these still talking about Batman or Sailor Moon? Both, bitch. Uh, Maybe they need a little bit of movie in there. Maybe. So, you guys get your fucking dumb mouth out of this, this microphone. Out Stop it. Batman is. I'm out of here. You guys, so, you know, if you guys have any thoughts more, fuck off. If you guys have any more thoughts on Phantasm, say them now, but if you guys have any closing thoughts or recommendations or just things where you're like, I just want to say this Batman thing tickled me as a child and I'm going to tell the cops about it, say it now. I think I've showed on the doll where Batman has tickled me pretty much at this point. I agree. Bert? Where on the doll? He's probably top five uh, favorite not even just superheroes, just characters in general. Yeah. I think for me, it's always Spider-Man and Batman. Those are always my top my top two. Favorite superheroes? Yeah. Yeah. Spider-Man, Batman. Oh, I Spider-Man. love me some Green Lantern. Got a really soft spot for the Flash. Those um, never hit me as hard. It's because that's comic I never, books. That's because you're a comic book boy. That's comic yeah, books. That's that really I, the reason. You know, like, uh, like yeah. Hal Jordan as Green Lantern or any, like, uh, uh, fucking... All the versions of Green Lantern are great. All the versions of The Flash are great. Yeah. And that's what's a lot of fun about that character is it's constantly moving and they're changing it and mm-hmm. stuff like that. Like, you got, like, John Stewart and Green Lantern and... Uh, John Stewart? Uh, yeah, really funny, right? Wow. Yeah, yeah he's the black one. Weird. They were going to try and get him into the movie. <laughs> he just couldn't do and it. They, they, like, no. they didn't do it for some reason, which I'm like, guys, hello. That's Green perfect. Lantern's so weird that they cannot make a good Green Lantern movie. I'm like, he's the police of the universe. Just do it like that. I you idiot to differ. That Ryan Reynolds Green Lantern movie is quite the piece of sweet. Quite the partake. piece of sweet. It is. That is. That is. <laughs> that is a, quite a slice of the pie. That is a <laughs> hello movie. Look at you. It's that's a that's a very very bad movie. It sounds like a like very so. Bad it's movie. so good. I, 
It's so it's one of, it's like a disaster artist thing. It's insane how bad I think who is in that movie? There's someone in that movie Ryan that's Reynolds. super fucking famous now. Not Ryan Reynolds or like, you know, but there's the somebody who plays his friend. I can't remember. And if it's I try a, and guess, I'm just gonna I'm gonna get it wrong. It's so Barack Obama, it. actually. Barack, Barack Obama. Obama. Is I didn't famous. want to sound weird or anything and no, say it. It's okay. It's okay. All right. I don't think that's it. So to close out this episode, um, you know, check out Mass of the Phantasm if you haven't seen it recently. It's definitely worth a watch. It's a very, very good Batman story, for sure. And um, just a few more shout-outs. Under the Red Hood is a really also good, like, Batman kind of animated movie. There's some also really yeah. good ones out there. Uh, please check out Frank Miller's work for the Batman series. Uh, Brian Azzarello's Joker is super good. Um, but like, keep reading fucking nerdy shit, keep seeing nerdy shit and keep listening to our show because we love you again. Great. Uh, we make these podcasts. We make a lot of different shows. There's a lot of different shows and products on story screen, beacon.com. So please check those out. And if you have anything to say or anything you want to talk to us about, our contact information is, is on there. Get a hold of us. Find us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and SoundCloud. If you have something to say, find a way to interact with us. If you don't agree with any of our opinions, we might fight you tooth and nail, but that's a fight we're worth having. Yeah. Thank you again so much for listening. I'm Robert Anderson. I'm Mike Tommy Lee Jones, Two-Face Birch. Hey. I'm Barack Obama. And that's Barack Obama, the clown for the crime. <laughs> Thank you again for listening. Oof. Bye. <laughs> <laughs>